Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Seven oh six, the fifty five KRC the talk station. Gotta wait for it. Brian Thomas excited to have a good friend of the show, a friend of the community, um, a person with a, a tremendous amount of loyalty and community service under his belt. Soon to be former FOP president, Chapter sixty nine, Cincinnati Police Department. Dan Hills is here in studio. Dan, I understand that uh, Monday's your last day. That's right. Uh, Monday night is uh, our monthly FOP meeting. Uh, there's been a little bit of voting, but there'll be voting Sunday and Monday and I'm not running. Uh, there's two gentlemen running and, uh, one of those two will be announced Monday night as the, uh, new FOP president. Well, I'm not going to ask you to predict who is going to win. I'm sure you probably got some ideas along those lines. I'm just hoping that whoever that person is, and if they're listening right now, that they are as accessible as you have been to talk about these important issues. And one thing I will give you tremendous props for, and I told you before we even came on air, you've been a tremendous advocate for the Cincinnati Police Department. And quite often on the, you know, support the blue uh, Facebook page and your own personal page and, and elsewhere, you will alert the public about things that are going on in the city that you really can't find anywhere, that nobody's reporting on. You know, you're an advocate for the police. You're outspoken in that regard. And I hope whoever takes the role over is as strong a supporter of the Cincinnati Police Department as you've proven to be over the years. You've done a great job. Well, thank you, Brian. And, uh, you know, I, I hope uh, that is the case. I hope whoever uh, takes the position is not afraid to get out there. Um, a lot of people like to say that they don't want the job to be political, and I kind of have to snicker at that. I mean, in a sense, everything that we deal in with with each other is 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 one way political. Oh, absolutely. And so, um, you know, I, I I did not I wasn't afraid to step into the the political ring, and uh, you know, it's 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 not always fun, and it's it's not always a, a great thing because you you can't make everybody happy. So no. it's uh, but you know, looking back at it uh, it really went went uh, pretty well, you know. Stepping into that uh, public arena, I was nervous at at first. That's where I, I got to give Kiefer a plug. You know, I, I talked to Kiefer early on. What's well, Saeed? <laughs> I had to, I, I got a hold of him. I got his number and said, "Hey, how do you go about doing this?" You know, and just being uh, natural on the air and everything. And uh, he he gave me some advice, and sure enough, before I knew it, it was uh, it was just like talking to a friend and, and yeah that's what i am doing well, whenever i talk to you he's talking to a friend exactly but to me the foundation for anything along these lines what my job your job is to have a grounded set of principles if you have a grounding set of principles guidelines that you believe to philosophically politically or otherwise and you stick with them i think it's pretty easy to do with pretty much any subject matter and when you're talking about the police I mean, you've got all how many years were you actually an active on-duty police officer well, if I'm going to count my time as the military police in a Schaffenberg, West Germany, started in, uh, I went through basic and stuff in 84, maybe started as an MP in Germany in 85, you know, uh, and now I'm a, 
auxiliary officer for uh, Amberley Village. We're, we're, we're pushing 40 years, Brian. But That's amazing. 35 years with Cincinnati. I went through the academy. I think I walked into doors July 6, 1987. And then I left, actually, the, the, the police department itself, I left in May of 22. And then I'm finishing out the, uh, the my term as FOP president, which you mentioned before, ends Monday. <laughs> ends Monday. I can't get over that. And, how man, how time has flown. You've seen quite a few administration changes over those years on the police department. Yeah, I, I, start, I started with uh, Larry Whalen and... Uh, uh, you know, there's I thought you were going to say strike, or you go back no, to no, Whalen. No, I go back to Larry Whalen, and there's a word I use with uh, uh, Larry Whalen, and that's presence. There was just something about when he was there. You know, made a made a young uh, young police officer you know, who who'd just been a young soldier just made me want to stand at attention. You know, the, the that man had presence, and he had presence in the media. He had presence everywhere. Uh, you know, he went city hall or whatever, and he just commanded a lot of presence and. Uh, yeah, I, I, I respect him greatly and he's still, he's still, uh, moving along. Uh, he's, he's had functions a lot and, and well, I'm glad to hear that. It. Yeah. Yeah. I, he was, my recollection was he was friends with my dad and I recall meeting him quite a few times and a really decent guy. I, you know, that's, but you know, in that role, there've been a lot of different personality types over the years. Um, I know chief striker love being out in the limelight and love talking yeah. to people and projecting a good image or at least try to project a good image on people on the uh, part of the police department and didn't he preside over the the post riot uh, period of time yeah the 2001 riots and uh you know that 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 could bring me uh, to a little discussion about other fop presidents you know my friend keith fangman was the fop oh, president sure. at that time and uh um keith probably will go down as our uh, most well-spoken president. Yeah, you know, I, I I like to think that uh, uh, I'm I'm very at ease when I'm talking to the public and everything. But I don't have nowhere near the uh, vocabulary skills of of uh, of Keith. You know, I'm the I'm the eighth grader, and he's the uh, he's the uh, uh, doctorate type of guy. Uh, yeah, in this yeah. Reg- there's nothing wrong with the regular guy approach to things because most of us are regular guys. You know, we don't need a college professor talking down to us about anything. And I'm not suggesting he did. But you know, in your role, you're 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 the regular guy, and I think that's a good face to have on the Cincinnati Police Department. Let me ask you this, though: considering all the administrations and all the years you've been in law enforcement, and of course as president of the uh, FOP, what would you? Say, and I don't want to put you on the spot too much, but what would you say is the the biggest difference between your early early days of policing with the Cincinnati Police Department and the way it is now? If there are that many oh, differences. There are so many differences, and, you know, some of them happened gradually, and some of them, you know, happened overnight almost. Um, there, there, there was just a general respect for law enforcement that has eroded away. And, um, you know, there, there are things, I guess, that maybe some of our city leaders wouldn't like to hear, have uh heard but I, I we had a self-defense instructor when i was in the academy in 87 and he would always remind us that he said you know we are the biggest street gang in america and and what he meant by that is that uh you know when it when it came out to uh what was actually going down on the street uh we had to stick together and there had to be uh, uh there there had to be some kind of respect of us in a way to help protect ourselves and I, you know, I think that is that's kind of eroded away now because if you if you look at somebody the wrong way, there's going to be some sort of organization breathing down your throat. And you know, that's not that we we sh- we should ever been abusive or anything like that. But 
Uh, th- there was a difference when you fought a policeman uh, back then, and then what happens if you, you you were to physically resist and fight a policeman? Yeah, because twenty twenty three. You guys had PR twenty fours. Yeah, we had PR twenty fours, and uh, uh, yeah, there was <laughs> Those just would a, be the aluminum versions of the nightstick with the yeah, handle on them. Yes, that is correct. I I carried a PR twenty four. It was very effective door knocker too. By the way, oh, Brian, I imagine sure there are. There are uh, still little uh, notches all over Walnut Hills and Avondale and Westwood and everywhere else that that I made knocking on the doors with my PR twenty <laughs> four. Why did they take those away? Uh, again, I don't know. You know, there was things they did not want us to have that may be too effective in self defense. One thing they never wanted us to have uh, was a uh, a metal flashlight. They, they, they did not want you to have a metal flashlight because, you you know, they could use that. You could use that. You could strike somebody. Yeah, uh, the, those were used to be in the chest. You could bang them in the chest with that, right? I, I remember I remember as a young policeman, and this policeman, I'll rem, uh, remain nameless. He's still, he's still with us. He, said, he showed me he had three fl- flashlights. He said, uh, this is the one I go to roll call with, and it's a little tiny plastic light yeah. lit up. And uh, then he, he pulled out a scraping metal flashlight and goes, this is the one I carry on the street and hit the bad guy with. And then he takes out another broken plastic one and goes, and this is the one I tell the boss I hit the bad guy with. <laughs> awesome. And that's a good way to stop the segment. We'll continue. we get the full hour with Dan Hills. We're going to find out, you know, what's going on morale-wise, numbers-wise, issue-wise, uh, <laughs> politics-wise. Get a little bit more of uh, Dan's history with the police department and other topics. Let- just shy of 720 here at 55 Care CD Talk Station. Brian Thomas with in studio Dan Hills, FOP President, Cincinnati Police Department, Chapter 69, at least until Monday at midnight, I guess. Uh, you're, <laughs> you're winding it down, and uh, I know you have a future beyond your current role. We'll talk about that later. But um, since you had so many years, 40 basic years in law enforcement from start to finish, including your uh, MP duties in Germany. Actually, that sounded like it would be fun. <laughs> there was We, yeah, we yeah. had fun. Uh-huh, I imagine. We weren't very good cops. But Being we stationed had fun, in yeah. Germany, though, yes, you know, yes. I mean, it could, you could have gotten a lot a, 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 a lot worse draw in terms oh, of... The place I was is Schaffenberg, West Germany. It's just this beautiful old town on the Main River. And uh, yeah, there were there there was so much to do, and great weather, and not far from the uh, Alps, and yeah, lo- a lovely place. Yeah, indeed. And you know, I was thinking and talking with you about my, you know my sister's career in law enforcement with the Cincinnati Police Department, and, and I, I mean, she she served on almost every role. She was a beat officer. She did the lie detector classes and all those training. She did uh, internal affairs. She did uh, was it called personal crimes or special crimes? Personal crimes. Personal yeah. crimes. Uh, you know, and worked her way all the way up to lieutenant before retiring. But you know, the one area that she did, and this is it's it's kind of just her experience, but also it's a broader experience. You know, being a police officer, it can take a real psychological toll on you. And when you're in personal crimes and you got to deal with child molesters and abused children, sexual and otherwise, and and you have to see it every day. I mean, and, and we were talking about those terrible times when you have to deal with a murder or a suicide or murder suicide you can't unsee that you can't put it out of your mind you, you, and you take it home with you it's impossible not to and i don't think people really appreciate police officers and that that weight that they carry around that's you know, that's the main reason i bring that up dan yeah, I, I did a year in personal crimes, and it's it's pretty much responsible for why I became a sergeant because I wanted to move on quickly. I, uh, I I was a younger, much younger man, obviously, and uh, pretty carefree at the time. And 
Uh, but I actually remember getting headaches um, uh, because of my caseload and worrying about it and stuff because, like I said, they were uh, molested children, rapes and things of that nature. It's and it's stuff awful. you had to take pretty serious. And, uh, you know, you had to learn how to turn it off and it wasn't easy. So, uh, but it, yeah, it's uh, <laughs> and it's a job in which you see so much of uh, what you don't want to see in society. Yeah. And, and that's, that's, um, you go through cycles, and uh, you know there, there there's times where you can be quite quite angry at, uh, at what you're seeing and angry at the world. And then you if you if you if you get through it, you get kind of a rebirth, and you realize that uh, that that you're seeing this tiny little segment of society over and over and over again. Exactly. And then you know it's I, I remember leaving sometimes on third shift. I worked a lot of third shifts in my uh, in my career, and I was thinking uh, the whole city's burning down. I I, I would think to play I thought the place was smoldering that nobody was going to get up and go to work the next day because the whole place was burning down and then once the sun came up there's there's all the there's all the people just going to work and going about their business and 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 you finally start to realize that you were just dealing with this tiny little segment of society um and that was in your face night after night after night and that's not that's not really what reality is reality is is that you know uh, i'm a patriot as you are uh it's a great country Freedom and liberty, heard you say it Amen, earlier. Uh, it's one of the things I can say that changed in me in law enforcement. Uh, as the years went, went on, I had more and more respect for um, a person's liberty and rights. I cared a lot less about whether or not we got the bad guy on this particular case. It was more important uh, that you respected uh, the rights and uh, liberties the of, of, of individuals. Yeah. Yes. So, and that's the, that's what makes this country great because, you know, in China and Russia and North Korea, they don't give a hoot about uh, somebody's rights. If you're speaking against the government, you got something to to, to say that irritates the, the those to be in power. They're, yeah. they're going to go after you. And, uh, you know, a young policeman doesn't necessarily always understand that. Uh, you want to get the bad guy. You want to get the dope. You want to do all those things. But later on, you realize not, that's not as important as 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 respecting uh freedom liberty and rights of course you know we gotta get the murderers off the street and gotta get the, the rapists off the street yeah. and the robbers off the street you gotta get the worst the worst off the street but um rather rather have somebody uh somebody running around with a little bit of weed than violate somebody's rights <laughs> whole lot more people are running around with weed these days since they changed the law <laughs> one less thing on your plate as a police officer anyway right yeah i, I uh actually F- fop state fop had uh got a hold of me uh knowing that i you know do a lot in media and stuff and they wanted to know if i wanted to uh, be part of advertisement against uh the the the, the legalization more or less of yeah. marijuana i said nah just my, my heart wouldn't be in that one understood and you know i don't want to be around the stench of it people burning down one on the street and all that but as i've said many many times over the years i don't believe in criminalizing self-abuse the problem arises when those who are abusing themselves end up abusing us by virtue of them well laying around in the street leaving needles laying around defecating out the outside yeah all of the attendant problems that go along with it but as a practical matter you know if you want to kill yourself it's it's a free country you know what i'm saying i don't mean that in terms of mental health problems but if you're if you're abusing drugs you are in a sense kind of killing yourself Sure, and we said we should deal with those other crimes you talk about because a lot of people, you know, there, there's there, there's people obviously use marijuana recreationally, and I don't care. 
Uh, but anybody that's uh, abusing drugs and then starts to commit crimes to keep that habit up. There you are. That's that's the chance when a government needs to get involved and, and send that uh, person to a correctional facility so they're not near my face. I'm with you. I'm with you. They cross the line when they harm us. Yeah, That's sure. the difference. 726-55 Care City Talk Station. I'm going to talk more with, uh, we can still say, FOP President Dan Hills until Monday. And then hopefully someone who is equally good at, uh, well, availing himself to uh, me, for example, and other members of media. 726. And 730 here, 55 Care CD Talk Station. Brian Thomas with FOP President Dan Hills in studio. Getting an hour of his remaining time as FOP president. Retiring on Monday. I have a new FOP president to deal with after that. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you Lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And uh, if you're out there, we wish you all the best in the world representing the uh, the men and women of the Cincinnati Police Department. You had mentioned caseload. And in the context that we were talking personal crimes, you got all those terrible, terrible rapists and child molesters and things, or murderers as the case may be if you're, you're investigating that. Um, I don't think people really have a true sense of appreciation for the evidence gathering process and all the work that has to be done to try to get to the bottom of something so you can hand over to the prosecutor's office a well-rounded case that is, you know, capable of prosecution and guilt beyond a reasonable doubt. And, you know, you look at a city like Chicago where, you know, 2,000 people will be murdered by the end of the year. What's the likelihood that they're going to find the perpetrators of those murders, given how much has to be done? Uncooperative witnesses. I mean, this is the problem that you face as a police officer. And, you know, you, you get that case. It's open. It's yours. And then the next day you go to work, there's another one you got to start open and, and, and deal with. How difficult is that? And, and I, I mean, I, just as a practical matter. Well, you know, I, I this is one of those times where I confess I never... Uh became a great investigator. I spent one year in an investigative unit and I was still, uh, you know, in, in the, in the very beginning of a learning curve when I made uh, boss and moved on from there. Um, you know, our homicide people, our personal crimes, people, the district investigators, my wife was a longtime district sure. investigator. Um, you know, they, they, they learned to put those, uh, you know, little puzzle pieces together. And, and again, back to what I was talking about before, if you, if you don't have what you need, uh, to convict, you don't have what you need to convict, and and uh, of course we wish that we could always find the bad guy, and we could always find enough evidence in a homicide, um, but of course that's not always the case. Uh, I do believe that Cincinnati Police, uh, when you're talking about our size of city, our amount of crime, I believe our homicide closure rate remains one of the best in the country. I am so pleased to hear that, and I know that you know there are still you know cold cases out there. I, you know John Newsom, you remember John. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he did cold cases after retiring from the Cincinnati Police Department. He became a what was a Warren County, Warren de- County yeah, yeah Warren County deputy. And there was a case that he worked on for years and years and years. And he knew the guy who committed the murder. Yeah. And it was you know the evidence was gathered and everything. And it, it just it it took I think a couple of decades. They finally got the guy though. They were able to go back and get uh, DNA and because they didn't have the proper 
DNA technology back when this crime was committed. But ultimately, the final puzzle piece is put together, and he ended up getting arrested. So, you know, there's always a little glimmer of hope out there. Well, I can tell you, uh, and, and again, back I, uh, when I was in personal crimes, I'm going to throw out a year, 93, 94, somewhere in there. So quite a long time ago. Yeah. Um, I, I usually wasn't assigned stranger rapes because I was a new uh, a newer detective, but I was pulling my third shift and I ended up having a, a, a stranger rape and it was a, a young lady in Clifton and it was very, very sad, hard thing to deal with. And and um, I remember leaving the unit thinking, man, I wish I would have wish I would have found that person who had done that. And uh, it's been about two, maybe three years ago. Uh, detective personal crimes got a hold of me. And they said, uh, "Look, we're, we we know who the bad guy is now." And they did it from that uh, the DNA. Um, oh, like the twenty three and Me thing. Yeah, yeah. With that, yeah. They uh, they 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 found who the guy was. They did a a garbage pull on him. He was still living here local, and Brian, he's in jail. And I, so you, you never know. One day might be almost thirty years later, but uh, sometimes still find the bad guy. Uh, he had, he had actually uh, done multiple home invasion. Uh, rapes and uh, so I wasn't the only detective in the unit that was uh, frustrated by not finding who the bad guy was in this particular case but uh, well, uh, like I said it, ultimately it did get solved and people got some closure as a consequence of that I mean that's going to be a tough thing for a, a victim of a crime like that to know that that person is still out there and that's when I go back to thinking about those poor children. You know, quite often law enforcement is going to be in a position where they have a really good idea who the perpetrator is and yet they're missing that critical piece of evidence that can allow you to turn it over to Melissa Powers in the prosecutor's office and lock that. I almost caught myself. I caught myself there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, FCC compliance issues I got to comply with here. But, you know, that's that's it, it, you have to have that. But knowing the person is still out there. Yeah. I like, mean, uh, one more. Uh, I hate to tell a bunch of stories from uh, one particular year of my career, but I had a uh, I had a. a Guy that had raped. He was a he was a white supremacist. He was a bad he was a bad guy. Um, he, uh, he he had, he had raped two girls of this uh, prostitute that he was living with, and um, we didn't have enough evidence because it had been discovered so much later. But what I uh, able to do is go and have a parole hearing where you can say almost anything, and they were able to put him back in jail for uh, like six years that he had on the shelf and. You know, uh, that that was that was a good feeling. I had to go up to the the Orient, the prison up there, and oh, and wow. testify up there. That was a weird feeling going into that place. I imagine a little unsettling on that one too. Let's cause we got more with uh, a couple more segments here with Dan Hills. Seven forty one, fifty five Care CD Talk Station. Brian Thomas with FFP President Dan Hills until Monday. Anyway, uh, I wanted to follow up on a, an important point. Before I get on to asking you what's next for Dan Hill's post uh, FOP president and, and law enforcement career, but we our numbers in the Pacific Police Department are still down, right? They always be down. I don't think the city of Cincinnati and uh, and by city of Cincinnati, I just don't mean uh, the people in City Hall. I think the the people who really run Cincinnati, the top business leaders and everything, uh, to, to to keep uh, city government afloat, they know they're going to have to shrink city services. At least that's the way to see it. So you'll never see a thousand person police department in Cincinnati again. My humble opinion, and that's uh, I've 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 been exposed to some things. Uh, uh, a, a commission, futures commission that that we we've, we've uh, the union has sat in on some stuff, and you know that they're going to have to be shrinking city government just to keep it afloat. 
tax revenues have dried up a little bit since COVID. A lot fewer people working in the city. Fewer tax dollars coming into the city. Less money coming in. Hey, but they sold the railroad, so boy, it's going to be just all you know, days of wine and roses here, right? Rainbows, unicorns, puppy dogs. Anyhow, but I, I guess I bring that up because, first off, numbers are shrinking. They don't look like they're going to be going up anytime soon. The recruit class numbers are difficult. Uh, you're having a difficult time filling recruit classes, I guess, with qualified people who are even interested in being law enforcement officers. Is that still a problem that's plaguing the city? It is one of those times, Brian, I, it's good to be in studio. I can see the shock on your face when I tell you that, you know what, if you keep going out and telling everybody in society a certain group of of, of, of people in a career are bad and that they're doing uh, all this terrible stuff and basically making a job thankless. Less people want to do it. I know. Oh, I'm just amazed <laughs> at that am- concept. It is amazing. Eh? You, if you go around tearing down law and order, you go down tearing down the, uh, the the men and women who who do police work. And you know, we don't have to say it. No, no, no group has everybody that that that's perfect. There's a there's a rotten rotten apple in every barrel. But in in general, my 40 years of law enforcement, I find law enforcement officers to be uh, great people who are out there to serve the community, but that we've been trashed and we've been trashed for too many years in a row. And, and, and then, uh, you see these city leaders scratching their heads of like, why don't people, you know, pays okay and everything. Why aren't people signing up to take this job? And, 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 you know, there, there, there it is. We, we, we've been beaten and, and we're feeling the facts. It's hard to fill the academy classes. It's hard to keep up with the amount of uh, people that are retiring. And that goes back to, the point you made about yourself. You were an investigator for a little while. You found that was not your realm. That wasn't your bailiwick. There were others that were far better than you. You pursued a different direction within the police department. Those valued, really good investigators that know how to answer questions, that know how to do the proper um, you know, investigative work, you lose those. You can't regain. I mean, that experience is just evaporated. Yeah, I mean, there's, there's, there's multiple, multiple examples now of people who... Uh, could do a couple more years and still be financially advantageous to him to stay. You know, my number one example is my wife. She was an investigator in District 2. Yeah. Uh, outstanding investigator. She had a couple more years on what we call drop or drop deferred program. retirement. But she was she was like, I'm done. I've 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 had enough. And uh and you know, I supported that decision a hundred percent. And so there but that that story's being told over and over again, not just to investigators. There's people who've uh, never left uh, street patrol, and that's okay. They are outstanding street patrol like officers. Like Sonny, Sonny Kim was one of those Sonny people. Kim was working. Uh, you know, there was a, a, a legendary uh, gentleman I was just talking to, uh, Larry Bachelor. I was never in District 2, but legendary gentleman that uh, w- was uh, always on the streets, and that's all he ever wanted to do. And uh, he was one of the most respected policemen ever put on a uniform. Uh, um, some might have taken jobs uh, like canine or something like that but uh you know to me the most important legends you know i was i was a sergeant the vast majority of my career by the time it was all said and done but the people i respected the most the, the ones that i found to be the greatest leaders uh, had no rank at all other than police officer or police specialist they were just the ones that went out there and uh did the work didn't expect any fanfare for it and and, and uh, uh brought in the bad guy you know the true face of the police department of those police officers on the on the on patrol you bet 750 here at 55 care cd talk station bit of a bittersweet hour here on the 55 care cd morning show uh my last conversation with dan hills uh, assuming we don't talk offline someplace else but he's retiring on monday as the uh president of the fop and wishing bell uh really well in his future career you are you aren't just going to go home and 
you know, put the, the pull the Bundy, the Ted Bundy, stick your hand in your in your in your belt loop and and put your feet up and just watch TV and drink beer all day. No, Brian. Matter of fact, what I uh, what I'm going to be doing, I, I I hope that you're still calling me because uh, Al Bundy, I think is who. Yeah, I Al Bundy, yeah. yeah not Ted, I'm gonna, instead of talking Ted about Bundy. <laughs> not Ted Bundy. No, 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 <laughs> no, that was a bad guy. That would be a bad guy. Yeah, I, yeah, I get my Bundys mixed up. <laughs> no, uh, like I said, I, I hope to still be working with the media because I'm in a role now with uh, attorneys. I'm going to brag about attorneys for a little bit. I'm working with a, a group of attorneys, and we call ourselves Frontline Advisors. We represent only cops and corrections, law enforcement only. We're not going to be representing fire. We are not want to be uh, representing anybody who has uh, competing dollars. A uh, uh, gentleman's kind of put it together, Zach Gottesman, his top uh, civil uh, tort, I guess you would call yeah. it, attorney. Uh, so if you mess with a cop, he'll sue you. Oh, And then he yeah. put he put uh, on his side a... Uh, best labor law attorney i've ever met rob stokar so if you mess with a cop with him he'll fire a a, a, a labor practice uh against you and then uh they also have access to by chance you get uh criminally charged uh, they have access to Stu matthews for that for criminal defense and then uh we we have a um, a retired uh chief who's become a lawyer uh jen knight she was an assistant chief up in columbus and then there's little old me like i said and i'll be there uh, to do do some sales for this group, but also to to be that media contact. So if you if you mess with one of my coppers from any of the uh, agencies that we pick up, then uh, I'll be doing the same thing I was doing before, Brian. And and then any general topics on law enforcement or whatever. Uh, I hope you have a great success uh, building a relationship with the next FOP president. But if you ever have a gap and you need somebody yeah. to come and comment on something, so yeah, don't uh, don't erase my number. I'm Brian. not going to erase don't, your don't number. Erase my number. All right, good. Hell no. Make sure Strecker keeps it too. He he certainly will. So th- this is a like a, a niche practice to represent law enforcement officers across the spectrum. It seems for anything that they might encounter. Sure, but it also you know uh, we we want to represent uh, unions. You know uh, whether. We we already have Middletown uh, PD. Um, we have the uh, county corrections officers here in Hamilton County. We represent them. I I represent them in disciplinary hearings and stuff. I've already started doing that. And then uh, we're, we're real close with another department. I don't want to say who that is. Uh, but yeah, lots of individual officers too. So frontline advisors will be will be out and about. And uh, yeah, if you, if you need us, call us. <laughs> I'm sure there's other members of law enforcement out there in different departments and different unions are like, nah, I got a place to go now for our, for our problems and issues. Yeah, no, the, the, the part that I bring to it and we brought it up before that everything's political. And right now in society, it seems more and more the court of public opinion seems to be the most important court of all. But if, you know, if, if somebody needs to be sued, we'll assume if there if if uh, there there's some sort of labor violation that we want to file an unfair labor practice, you know, Mr. Stokar's uh, outstanding at that. And then if uh, if uh, you know we need the public to know what's what's going down, how police officers are being treated in any particular department or as an individual or whatever, I'll be there to ring that bell. Fair enough. Uh, now one more, I I would love to think that the tide has turned and that you know any people, anyone out there that has witnessed a crime or has information about a crime would be willing to cooperate with the police department. I understand that can be a huge problem that there are people out that just refuse to, uh, to help out, to let you know where the bad guys are or let you know that they were witnesses to a crime. I mean, when I hear about a drive-by shooting, there's a hundred people standing around and someone starts firing into it. Somebody had to have seen something. And quite often it's see, no, hear, no, speak, no. And 
is 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 that still a problem? Is it getting better, or is cooperation still a bit of a challenge? For I think it's a, a huge challenge, and I think the only way it starts to get better is if uh, a lot of the philosophy and uh, Brian, you know, I'm not afraid to go political. The the the, the philosophies of the West of of the left not wanting to punish uh, you know true criminals. And, uh, you know, people are afraid of criminals if they're not going to be put away in jail. So we need to start putting the real bad guys away. And then um, yeah, I, I would, think more that people... would exacerbate the problem. If sure. you're letting them back out, that person knows that you're the one that put the finger on them. And just because you got some woke judge or some woke prosecutor not, you know, holding them to task and holding them accountable, I, I can see how that problem yeah, it's would right, get it's worse. Great, it's a great challenge. They, you, you know. We're supposed to, you know, give all this information, and then, you know, we know that the bad guy is going to be right back out, no bond or whatever, and guess who he's going to come after, you know? Yeah. So, well, I want on behalf of all of my listeners, I want to thank you for the time that you spent with us, keeping us informed about what's going on in the police department in your role as FOP president, but also for your years of dedication and service to the community by being an, a, a, a genuine police officer out there on the street and in every capacity you've worked in. You're a good man, Dan Hills, and I'll look forward to talking with you more down the road on other topics as they uh, crop up. Brian, thanks uh, to you and uh, you and Joe for always giving me access to the public. I think it's made a difference in a lot of different instances, and I've enjoyed it thoroughly. Been my pleasure. I know it's been my listeners' pleasure. Good luck, my friend, and God bless you. And uh, best of luck on your your your, your post retirement career. Ain't time to put it up the uh, the feet yet. Stick around, folks. Bill O'Reilly returns. We're going to talk about Killing the Witches. We've had him on before on that, but it's Christmas time, and it makes a great Christmas gift because all his killing books are fantastic. And then Alicia Reese, Commissioner Alicia Reese, is going to join the program. I'm so happy to hear about that because we're all wondering and scratching our head about these stadium negotiations and how much we're going to be on the hook for Alicia at 830. I'll be right back. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.